By all accounts, this young man, this young emerging leader, was going to go far. I mean, this young guy had everything going for him. He had all the right pedigree. He was born in the right family. He, uh, he was educated in the best schools in a pretty influential city. And he was on the fast track to becoming a hotshot lawyer in his day. And uh, everybody looked to him. When he came in the room, people noticed. This young guy, he was, he was starting to get already some notoriety for being an incredible, amazing young leader that you got to watch, keep your eye on, follow him on Instagram. This guy had, had everything going for him. And then he was on a business trip one time. And he was on a road to a city, and something radical happened to him. So radical that he couldn't eat for three days. It affected him so powerfully that it would change the trajectory of his entire life. And it's probably the reason we even know his name. Now put a pause in that for a second. I'll come back to him. I've been through some pretty big changes in my life. And maybe you guys have been through some of those changes too. Sometimes things you don't expect. But the biggest change for me happened when I was about 10 years old. And my two brothers and, and, and my mom, well, she decided to get remarried. And so my two brothers and I and my mom, we moved from a, a great little city. And we moved, in my estimation, to what was the middle of nowhere. We literally, we, we left civilization and we landed in the middle of grass fields, everywhere you could see. See, my, my mom married a farmer and uh, up until that point, my brothers and I, when we talked about chores, we're talking about like cleaning the bathroom a little, maybe doing some sweeping. When we moved to the farm, the chores radically changed. It went from, you know, vacuuming to like barns and smelly stuff that come out of animals. They call that manure, I think. And we learned what sheep were like. And we had to, I mean, I, I didn't even know what a John Deere was until, until we moved on the farm. I didn't know what diesel was. I learned, I learned quickly. And, and we had to kind of relearn our whole life. Everything had to be different. And I remember very quickly realizing that if I don't figure this stuff out, someone's going to get hurt. Like I remember when I was maybe 10 or 11, they made us go through like farmer safety courses. Why? Because people literally die on this equipment. And I quickly realized as a 10, 11-year-old, if I didn't figure this out, if I wasn't a little teachable, which at that time I didn't think I really was, if I wasn't a little teachable, someone was going to die. And at some point, some time later, you can ask me about the time I actually broke a truck in half. That literally happened. We can talk about that later. Well, I don't know about you, but the, the idea of change can bring up a number of feelings. Like, let's just put this word change on the screen. I mean, what does that mean for you? Like, when you see that word, are you giddy? When you see that, do you get kind of excited in your bones? You're like, yes, transition, change. Something new, squirrel, that may be you. But maybe many of us in this room, that's not our story. For, for many of us, that word is scary. Because that word means unsettling. 
You know, that means I don't know what's ahead. That word can, can be very scary. Well, in this series, Ready or Not, we're going to be looking pretty hard at the idea of change. And change from a number of different angles. Today we're going to talk about the idea of, of change being inevitable, so we need to be teachable. So we're going to talk about teachability today. Next weekend, we're going to look at kind of a hidden danger in the, in the realm of change, and that is temptation that we face during change, because there's some temptation involved. And then the last week we're, in this series, we're going to talk about the idea of, of being transformed. How, how can God transform you through a series and a time of change? So that's what's, that's what's ahead. Could I just ask you real quickly, and I know today is a weird day because we got, you know, conditions that aren't necessarily friendly to driving and walking. But in the next couple of weeks, if you have a friend, someone in your friend circle, this is a great series to invite them to. Because if you're brand new to scripture, or if your friend, maybe they haven't really taken many steps toward faith or the church, this would be a great series for them because it's going to help our life, but also we're going to introduce them to Jesus and the gospel. So in the next couple of weeks, if you, if you would, please pray and consider inviting someone and having them sit with you in the next couple of weekends. It's going to be a great, a great series for that. So let's pause for a second, have a prayer, and then let's get into today's, today's message, Teachable. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love for us, your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Lord, it's so good that you love us so much more than we could possibly imagine. And Lord, we lean into you today with your Holy Spirit moving a powerful way in each of our hearts. And Lord, as we speak about this idea of change and transition, that Lord, you'd speak to our hearts about what you want to do when those moments come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, change is coming, whether we like it or not. You know, we're in a new season. It's a new year. It's a new semester. And uh, we, many of you have, like, new careers that you've started, maybe careers that you've stopped. Some of you have gotten to that point now where your kids are old enough, where you're now in a transition in your life to being empty nesters. Some of you still got young kids at home, and they're, they're always in transition. Kids are always moving and changing. You know, if you, if you remember this, if you've had kids how quickly some of those seasons go. I mean, at one point you get them like they're right here, and then the next minute you're trying to hide all the stuff that they can pull down from the shelves. And it seems like it happens in a heartbeat. You blink, and those time, that the time just goes, goes right by us. So you're in a season of change. Most of us are, are dealing with some kind of change. And, and here's the deal. Some changes we choose. I mean, think about it. There are changes that we do choose, you know, that might be, again, it might be a new house or a new car or something like that. You chose that. But then there are those choices that we didn't choose, those things that we didn't see coming. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, those are the harder ones for me to handle, those changes that I, I didn't choose and I didn't see coming. For instance, in 1996, my wife and I had just relocated to Nashville, Tennessee. I was going to be a rock star. <clears throat> I didn't realize how big country was there at the time. I didn't really think that through. Maybe I was going to be a country star. Either way, we had a, a, a plan that we were going to wait to have children for, you know, three or four years. So we'll get established so that, you know, I can get like two or three Grammys. And then, and then we would, that, that's on tonight. So I just said that. It, anyway, that was my plan. And then, well, we go into the doctor because Jackie thinks she's got the flu. And guess what? We're pregnant. Change occurs. Sometimes those changes happen and you, weren't, you didn't see them coming. You didn't necessarily choose them, but they, they come. 
the time where I got sat down by the CEO of the company that I was working with in Nashville, and he said, Ben, we're going to file Chapter 11. That was, a, that was a hard day. That was my day job. Or that, that time when I got a phone call, and this has happened more than once in my life, where some leader has said, Ben, we want you to plant a church. See, there's times when we have things that we choose, changes that we choose, but oftentimes the changes that we didn't choose, those are the ones that are harder because we didn't necessarily see them coming. Anybody with me on that? You've had a few changes in your life where maybe you didn't see that coming. Well, here's the big idea, and this is one we're going to return to many times today and for this series. You are never more teachable than in the midst of transition or change. You can write that down. It's okay. You can take a note. Makes me feel good. You are never, you are never more teachable than in the midst of a transition or a change. I mean, the reality is we all want to improve our circumstances in life. We might, we want to, we might want to make good changes, changes that will help us with our health and our finances, all of that sort of thing, but we're not often teachable. You know, would you say, like right now, would you say that you are a pretty teachable person? Who would say that? How many would say you kind of have a tough time with that? It's okay. Yeah, I'm, you're kind of on the fence sometimes. Depends on my mood. Depends on how much sleep I've gotten. Depends on the circumstance, right, that someone's pushing me on. But we're not always teachable. There's a book that I read several years ago now by Les and Leslie Parrott. It's called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. And I guess they've done some research, some smart people in a university. They got together, did some research, and they have found now that they can predict the success of a marriage. And you can extrapolate that out, the success of any kind of relationship or even your career, because it always involves people. But they figured out that they can, they can predict with really high accuracy whether a marriage is going to last by this one key. Your ability, you can write this down, This is a freebie bonus. Your ability to adapt to situations beyond your control. I'll say that again. The key principle here for success that they say in marriage and in life is your ability to adapt to situations beyond your control. In other words, how do you handle change? How do you handle change? How how do you handle that? Are you teachable? during times of change because God wants to grow us through it. So how, how teachable are you? Let me give you an example. I, I fly every once in a while. I get on a plane. Anybody been on a plane recently? We just kind of came through some travel times. A few of you, okay. And you know, the, there's always that song and dance that the flight attendants do before you actually get in the air. You know what I'm talking about. They get up there and they got the little, you know, they're doing the wings and the, you know, and there might be exits here and here. And the whole time, I got I to gotta confess, I'm not paying attention. You know, I feel like I've seen it a million times. If I really wanted to, I could open the little placard in my seat right next to the vomit bag. I could open that up if I wanted to. But most of the time, nobody pays attention, right? You with me? And you think about it. I, do I really need a flotation device discussion when I'm flying from Portland to Boise? Do I, need, do I need the flotation device? Probably the odds of me hitting a body of water is somewhere in there. I think that's, but you get my point. We don't listen now. We're up in the air and things change. 
For instance, you know, we get some serious turbulence or it feels like the nose of the plane is heading that way. Then the flight attendant got up and said, hey, let me review those safety features. I would be very, very attentive at that point. Who's with me? Don't you feel like you'd be very, very attentive now because we're in a danger zone? You see, we are never more teachable than we are in the midst of a transition or a change. Suddenly, we're more teachable in those moments. You are never more teachable than you are in the midst of a change. Think of this. Do you need to be forced to pray when things go bad in your life? Probably not. You don't need to be forced to get on your knees when things are, you're going through a tough time. You're like, we naturally, we naturally call out to God in those moments. And think about this, many of us in this room who've decided to follow Christ, we're, fi- we're followers of Christ in here, many of us made the decision to follow Christ in difficult moments in our life. When in times of transition or change, we knew we needed help. And we knew we needed a God way bigger than us. Many of us came to Christ in those moments. Or, or many of us grew powerfully in those moments when we were kind of forced into a, a season of change or transition. Some of you are here today because you were in a time of transition and change. And you might have thought, in the past, there's no way I'm, you're ever going to see me darken the, the uh, doorway of a church building, and that yet you're here. God can do powerful things in the midst of change. Now, if you have a Bible, a device, you wondered if I was ever going to get back to the story. Look at Acts chapter 9. Open to Acts chapter 9. Some of you already knew who I was talking about. Acts chapter 9 is where we're going to be. If you have a device, point that there. Let me just pause for a second. If you, if you have a smartphone, this has been super helpful for me in my time with the Lord. Um, your smartphone, you can, you can download an app called the version. And version is a great tool. The men's group have been using it for a while. It's, it sends you reminders on your phone. It gets you a reading plan. It's been so helpful for me in my devotional life. And, and, you know, I grew up, we had those daily breads that we even have out here. You know, we have different reading plans. Maybe your Bible has a reading plan in it. But version is a great tool for you in your spiritual life. Huge tool. Many of us have been using it for a little while. I, I encourage you. It, it's free. Uh, I, don't, I don't get any kind of royalties from saying this. So it's just I'm giving you that as a tool. But consider it a bonus. But Acts chapter 9, let's go there for a second. And let's, let's read a little bit more about this young man. By the way, his name is Saul. So Saul, Acts chapter 9. But Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, that is Christ followers, Christians, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and Saul said, and he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. Now the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So, so they, 
they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Wow. That's a bit of a transition moment. Now, let me fill in a little bit more of the story. As he's taking these three days to recover, probably in shock, I would think. You see, Paul was an up-and-coming guy. Well, he was named Saul. Later in Acts 13, we find that he was also known as Paul, and that's the, that's the name he began to use and travel with. Kind of showed a transition in his life, really, to switch his name like that. But we meet this guy, young Saul, up-and-comer, Pharisee of the Pharisees. That was the super in-group. I mean, did you notice? He doesn't even have to call in for an appointment to the high priest. He had direct access to the high priest. Walked right in his office. This guy was an up-and-comer. And he was persecuting the followers of the way. That's the way Christians used to talk about each other back in the day. Are you a follower of the way? And they had to kind of keep it under wraps. Because if the wrong person found out you're one of those Christ followers, you could be in danger. Your life could literally be in danger from people like Saul. He gets permission from the high priest, and he's on, an, on the rampage. He's trying to, trying to stop this Christian movement, stop these people talking about this Jesus guy. And he's out there trying to arrest more followers of the way, and this moment happens where Jesus himself stops him in his tracks. He says, Saul, what are you doing? Now, Saul was a religious guy. No one's going to question that. Saul had everything going for him, and he was a, the religious of the religious. He was an elite. He, he, he loved God, but he was a little misled. He didn't know about Jesus. Or if he did, he didn't want to find out. But Jesus stops him on the road, and, and Saul is confronted with the very thing he probably never thought would ever happen. And he begins a transition that starts with those three days of no eating, no drinking, three days, doesn't, doesn't really, can't see what is going through his mind. What kind of trajectory has my life been on, Lord? I thought I was serving you. And here I am, I can't see. My companions are totally confused. I don't know what I'm going to say to the high priest. I don't know what's going to happen to my career. Everything is thrown up in the air right now. And for three days, he has this time with the Lord. And after that three days, the Lord sends a disciple named Ananias who comes and Ananias was a little frightened to go confront this guy Saul because they all knew who Saul was. Any Christ follower knew who Saul was. And yet Ananias is approached by the Lord and the Lord tells him, go talk to this Saul guy because he's got big stuff he's, he's going to do for us. He's got big stuff he's going to do for me. Ananias is like, you know this guy, you, you know his pedigree, right? God, you know who this is. Yeah, I know, but it's time. He's, he's, he's ready. And when, when Ananias visits Paul, we see him getting baptized. He starts living the life of a Christ follower. And the world is never the same after he gets out of those three days. Now that, my friends, is a radical transformation. Sometimes in church circles we read over stuff like that. But he just made a radical shift those Christians, they, they meet on Sunday. Every Jewish person knows, we don't know, Saturday's our day. Paul began to worship on Sundays, and he worshiped 
Jesus as Lord. And he told everybody he got in contact with, especially his old buddies. And the danger really met Paul not too far from here. In a few years, he's going to make a return trip to Jerusalem. It's going to mark the end of his life, really. He does some amazing things, spends about 20 years planting churches, doing radical things, writing letters. Most of the New Testament is from this guy named Saul we know as Paul. We would never have known his name had Jesus not sparked a transition in his life on that road to Damascus. Paul did some powerful things. You see, I think when you, when you look at an example like Paul, to me it reminds me of a few truths. A couple of truths that I just want to maybe put out there. That God never wants you or I to stop growing. He never wants us to stop growing. Philippians 1.6 is that, that statement where, where it says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. No matter where you're at in your seasons of life, God has not done growing you. You know, I bet Saul thought, you know, I've got it pretty good. I've, uh, I've, I've achieved everything I want to achieve at this point. I even have an open-door policy with the high priest. I've got it made. God never wants us to stop growing. Saul had some growing to do. Number two, you grow most when you're in a season of change. That's when we do it. And some of you have experienced that in the hard way. A change you did not choose and a change that you did not see coming. And God grew you powerfully through that. You grow most in the midst of change. And number three, your growth depends, here we go, on your ability to embrace change and adapt to circumstances beyond your control. Being teachable and being willing to adapt is huge. God wants to grow you through times of change and transition. So be teachable. Here's our, here's our thing we can say to each other. Change is inevitable, so remain teachable. Write that down if you need to. Change is inevitable, so remain teachable. Change is inevitable, so remain teachable. 20 years later, after this whole road to Damascus thing, Paul wrote a letter to his friends in Rome. 20 years in the making. And then he wrote this letter. And in chapter 8 of that letter, it's in the book of Romans, Paul reflects. And he says this, and I love this phrase, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, no, no matter what it is you're going through right now, whatever change or time of transition, it might have been a, a loss of someone you love, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a career, you know, a change of a career, the start of a new marriage, whatever that transition, whether it feels positive or negative, it's a choice that you chose or maybe a choice that you didn't choose. But no matter what you're going through, God sees it 
And he's in control. He wants to walk you and I through it. So there's three questions we, we probably want to answer this morning. And there are these. And you can write that down on your bulletin. Write that down on your smartphone. I'm a big fan of Evernote. Three questions you can ask the Lord this week. Lord, what change do I need to embrace? What, what change do I need to embrace? That's question number one. Number two, God, what are you teaching me through this? What are, you, what are you trying to teach me through this change or transition? Number three, who's helping me walk through this? Who's helping me? Do you have some friendships, some spiritual friendships that can help you walk through whatever this period of change is in your life? It's huge. But here's the end here. May God grow you and me through a season of change you're in because we are never more teachable than in the midst of a transition or change. You and I are never more teachable than we are through a midst of transition or change. This morning, we, uh, we're going to transition now to a time of uh, what we call a response time where we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross so long ago. And we're going to dip some of the bread up here and put it in the juice, and it reminds us of his broken body and his blood that was shed for you. If you're a follower of Christ, I encourage you to come forward to do that this morning. There's also places where you can extend your worship through giving in these boxes over here. And I'm going to pray here in a minute, but maybe you're ready for a next step. Maybe you, you are here today and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take a next step with the Lord. I'm ready to either make him Savior and Lord. And, and Jesus made it very simple. It starts with believing and trusting that God is who he says he is. It, it includes repentance of your sin, going God's direction instead of your direction, confessing Jesus as Lord, being baptized and beginning to live, beginning to live as a disciple. That's our response to God. If you're ready to make that next step, I encourage you to do that today. As we sing, I'll be over here. Uh, we also uh, want to extend an invitation. If you've never gotten baptized, if you're kind of wondering what that's all about, it's an important, powerful next step. We're going to do that today after our second service. So at 11.45, come right back here. We've got a short little, uh, uh, just a class on how baptism works and what it is. You can ask questions. And uh, so I want to encourage you to take that next step and, and attend that today. So at 11.45 today. Um, let's, uh, let's take some time now and pray. Father, we thank you that you love us more than we could possibly imagine, even though, Lord, we're more sinful than we want to realize. We're thankful that you love us so much that you pulled out all the stops and went to the cross to save us from our sins. And you rose from the dead to give us new life and new hope. And so, Lord, no matter what transition or change that we are, we are in right now, Father, that you would help us to remain teachable and to allow you to walk with us through a, a season of change. And, Lord, uh, may your presence be with every person here. And, Lord, as we worship you, uh, may you get all the glory in Jesus' name.